Welcome to Outspoken, a podcast for social change where we talk about current events and how they relate to interpersonal violence and abuse. Outspoken is a project of the Hayes Caldwell Women's Center located in San Marcos, Texas. If you or someone you know has experienced abuse and is seeking support, services, or needs more information, links to resources can be found in our episode description. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the views of their organizations or affiliates. Welcome back to Outspoken, a podcast for social change. I'm Kiara. I'm Kirsten. I'm Claudia. And I'm Megan. And it's been a while since we've all been on a group episode. Mm-hmm. We look back and it's been since Yay. September, which is Yay. a long time. It's nice to, I mean, we all work in the same office, but it's still nice to be back <laughs> on a microphone with all of you together. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're back in the new year. Happy 2024. And with this episode of We're highlighting that February is Dating Violence Awareness Month, which is a national effort to raise awareness about the impacts of dating abuse and encourage communities to support teens and young adults in seeking healthy relationships. And for this episode, we're going to be talking about emotional abuse. So what is it? Um, Some other things that I think a lot of people may not realize that we talk about a lot that's considered emotional abuse is gaslighting. What is gaslighting? And how does emotional abuse relate to boundaries, if at all? Um, And with the episode, we're also wanting to highlight that it's important to remember that abuse is not just physical. So if you're interested in learning about that, this is going to be the episode for you. And with the episode, we want to put a content warning uh, that we're going to be talking about abuse in relationships, including emotional abuse, gaslighting, as we mentioned, uh, and threats of suicide. So if those are sensitive topics for you, please check out one of our other podcast episodes, and then hopefully we'll catch you on the next episode. We wanted to highlight this for Dating Violence Awareness Month because teens and young adults are so vulnerable to emotional abuse. Uh, Young people often commit and are on the receiving end of this type of abuse because they don't have the the healthy relationship skills necessary to prevent it. Uh, Most folks learn these unhealthy interactions from the adults in their life, from media, or from their peers. So if it's normalized to be really jealous, possessive, and controlling in the relationships around a young person, when it happens to them, they don't think anything of it. It's important to highlight that relationship abuse can happen to anyone of any gender, age, race, or financial status. Because until those healthy relationship skills are learned and reinforced, everyone is vulnerable to experiencing and committing this type of harm. We hear a lot in this work. We have people call our helpline or people who are using our services and even people we talk to out in the community feel like there's a lot of confusion around what emotional abuse is or if that's actually abuse. We have a lot of people who will call and say things like, well, he doesn't physically harm me or that this person doesn't actually hit me, so maybe it's not that bad. And so we want to define this a little bit more too. The National Domestic Violence Hotline defines emotional abuse as non-physical behaviors that are meant to control, isolate, or frighten someone. This may present in romantic relationships as threats, insults, constant monitoring, excessive jealousy, manipulation, humiliation, um, intimidation as well, dismissiveness um, among 
many other things. Emotional abuse and verbal abuse can sometimes be very subtle and can slip under the radar, um, which can make it hard to detect and make it really confusing for somebody who is on the receiving end of that. And then other times it can also be very blatant and aggressive. So it can be all over the map. We want to give some examples of this and it's not limited to these examples but um, it can include yelling screaming name calling um, within these relationships telling somebody what they should or shouldn't wear what they should do what they should eat or shouldn't eat you know trying to control them intentionally embarrassing somebody that's a huge one too that can also slip under the radar and someone can play it off as it's just a joke or you can't take a joke um, but trying to humiliate somebody, especially in front of other people, trying to make them look bad, putting them down, the constant monitoring or checking in comes up a lot as well. It can kind of come off as like, I'm just checking on you or I just, I'm worried I'm about worried your safety. About you. or yeah. yeah, I'm worried about you or maybe this situation happened to me in the past and now it makes me more concerned or more insecure about this. But the constant monitoring, expecting a partner to be constantly checking in um, and getting angry with them if they aren't where they say they're going to be at a certain time. You know, there's if there are um, negative consequences that happen with this as well, that's a huge one too. Or not letting somebody set boundaries about checking in. And it might also look like it only takes you 10 minutes to drive yep. home. Mm -hmm. You were supposed to let me know when you got home and it's been 15 minutes. So where are you? It could yeah. escalate into something like that where you're starting to question like, well, why didn't I text them or why did it take me this long um, to have mm -hmm. to check in with them? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Stalking someone or their loved ones um, happens as well. Using intimidation to isolate or control a partner. This can happen pretty subtly, too, if someone's saying like, oh, that friend of yours doesn't like me or they're not a good influence or I don't think your family likes me or I don't want to be around your family or there are a lot of different ways I feel like um, that this can subtly come up and just become more extreme over time and it can cause the partner who is being abused to just eventually isolate themselves from family and friends altogether in order to avoid the, the punishment that comes with it, the arguments, the fights, um, some of these negative consequences that come out of it. And so you'll see a lot of isolation um, oftentimes in these relationships as well. Blaming the person who's being harmed for the abuse that's happening to them. That can happen not just within the abuse, but oftentimes too when people who are reaching out for help sometimes will tell other people, hey, this person is harming me. And it's not uncommon for people to also, even if it's unintentional, but blame them for the abuse that's happening to well, what do you do that makes them so angry, things like that. So that can cause a lot of additional trauma as well for somebody who is trying to reach out and ask for help. But that often happens and it's reaffirming what the abusive partner is already saying because they're already getting blamed. I mean, I wouldn't have had to do X, Y, Z to you if you would just wash the dishes correctly if you would just do what I ask I wouldn't have to do this and if it's paired with humiliating them in front of other people or putting them down or making other people doubt them it's really it's really compounding exactly and then threatening to harm themselves is a big one too threatening to harm others loved ones pets if the relationship ends that can come up a lot and it can 
A, prevent somebody from leaving a relationship when somebody's doing that. It can make them feel like they need to continue to stay in touch with this person or keep helping this person or stay in contact or whatever in order to prevent that abusive partner from harming themselves. It's a way for them to gain control. Too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or they may not even realize that what they're doing is abusive. Maybe they right. think that they're just sharing that they're struggling with their mental health. Or we know that um, the dynamics in abusive relationships can be so complicated where I think sometimes people forget that you can still love and care about a person who perpetrates abusive behaviors like towards you so you can still care about their well-being and their safety and you want to help them and maybe it could be that um they feel like well nobody else in their life understands them and I understand them and I want to be able to offer that support to them so I think that sometimes empathy um can cloud being able to see that a behavior is abusive or unhealthy yeah exactly yeah. And then threats to expose personal information about someone. So like their sexual orientation, gender identity, immigration status, health status, or other private things. Um, this can happen in a variety of ways, including things on like on social media. If somebody say that they're in their relationship and the person who is being abused maybe in the past really trusted their partner and shared a photo with them and then Threatening to expose photos that have been shared can also come up as well. There are also subtleties like constant criticisms, constantly criticizing and putting them down like their style or the way that they make jokes or you're just not funny or you're just not very intelligent. These like constant little things are like the and it can cause someone to to adjust how they speak and how they dress and how they decorate their house. Um, It can come out in a variety of ways. So the biggest thing with this, again, we didn't touch on all of the different ways that emotional abuse can happen, but it's really important to trust yourself, to trust your your gut. And if you're unsure if any of these things apply to you necessarily, if you're unsure if what you're experiencing or somebody else is experiencing is emotional abuse, it's really important to trust your feelings about the relationship. It's a really good way to determine if things are unhealthy do your interactions with this partner make you feel confused? Do they make you feel scared? It can mean that y'all are not compatible. It can mean that there are unhealthy patterns, but it can also mean that there's um, some abuse involved too. So people can start losing trust in their own feelings over time as well uh, when emotional abuse is involved. So if you know somebody that you think is experiencing emotional abuse, it's really important to continue to encourage them to trust themselves. But yeah, especially if they're being gaslit, that's a really huge thing too. It can really cause somebody to feel very confused and not trust themselves. So Something that was coming up for me when you were reading that list that I think we don't talk about is a lot of the examples you were giving of emotional abuse actually can cause physical harm in the sense that like when you're living with constant stress and anxiety, you know, that causes physical symptoms and physical ailments and uh even to the way like you might cause it to yourself. Like if you're being told maybe, you know, you should look a certain way that might equal like the way that might affect the way you eat and drink. Um, And then also taking medications, you know, that because you're having to, or, or medicate or self-medicating in in situations like taking medications that might not be prescribed to you because you're having to deal with um, the stresses, the emotional abuse and the stress. Yeah. So I just wanted to highlight, like, I think emotional abuse can be a thing where people often will, 
or not often, but you know, sometimes people will downplay what's happening to them, but it actually can be, can actually cause physical ailments that do come up along with emotional abuse. Absolutely. And I want to say too, that it's pretty common for these things to escalate over time. So it can Mm -hmm. start off as really small in the beginning, maybe like a little criticism here and there, and then just escalate over time. And it kind of person who's on the receiving end of the abuse typically becomes a little not desensitized but it just you get so Seems used normal. to hearing yeah. yeah it becomes normalized exactly so it's you start to get used to hearing um somebody call you a certain name and uh, make these criticisms so over time things can really really escalate and get and get much worse or, so. or maybe that's what you grew up with and that's totally. the relationship yeah. patterns that you saw growing up so you don't mm-hmm. even realize that that's not how it's supposed to be Yeah, exactly. Or should be. Yeah. And talking about seeing it with peers, thinking about our interactions with young, like teens and young adults, I think sometimes people get in their head that abuse needs to be, this person isn't intentionally trying trying to harm me. I think sometimes people believe that like it really needs to be very direct and very intentional. Um, and sometimes people can explain things away of like, well, they just have trust issues um, or they're just they're really insecure. And those things can be valid. You can feel very insecure. You could be having struggles with establishing and feeling trust in a relationship. Um, you could be feeling jealous. Uh, we've probably mentioned it in another episode that jealousy is a regular human emotion like happiness and sadness and frustration and whatever else comes up but it's not that you feel it that is wrong it's just what you choose to do with it the same with insecurity and having trust issues that if you're using it to control what somebody else is doing to try to manage the feelings that are coming up that's the red flag that is being waved in the face of well maybe this is not okay Uh, I should be, maybe it's a sign that maybe I should be dealing with this in a different way, or maybe this person should be dealing with it in a different way, that it's okay to have those very human feelings and experiences, but it's not okay to use it to control and abuse another person. Definitely. That's a really good point, Kira. And I want to add too that um, you'll often hear the person who's been abused, like repeat some of the things that abusive partner's been saying to them, like they'll start to believe it. Like, yeah, Mm-hmm. On the flip side, say that the abusive partner has been calling them insecure, telling them that they need to lose weight or telling them that, you know, nobody will ever love you like I do. You oftentimes will start to hear the person on the receiving end start to repeat those things and believe them too. like, yes, no one will ever love me how this person does. That's a really big red flag. I wanted to circle back um, about gaslighting because people you said that people who are being gaslit are being trained to not trust their own feelings. And I wanted to explain like what gaslighting is and why that happens because that's such an intense and scary thing. Um, gaslighting is a super common word that we hear these days and a lot of times it's it's used incorrectly. Um, so I wanted to clarify to everyone that gaslighting is when somebody manipulates another person by using psychological methods to make their victim question their own sanity or like powers of reasoning. Um, and it is a type of an emotional abuse. It comes from uh, a 1938 play called Gaslight by Patrick Hamilton. It's a story about a woman whose husband is trying to cover up his own criminal activity by convincing her she's going insane. 
Uh, one way he does this is by like gradually dimming the gas lights in their house while telling her that she's imagining that it's getting darker. There's a whole bunch of ways that gaslighting exists besides that play. We have an article on Stop the Hurt, which will be linked in the description that goes more into gaslighting and some examples. So just because something that someone is experiencing is not actually gaslighting doesn't mean that we cannot take it seriously. We should be able, as a culture and with young people, to name manipulation and verbal and emotional abuse and it be considered really serious and have actions taken around it to protect the person that it's happening to. So let's talk about emotional abuse in the media a little bit. So was it over the summer? I think it was over the summer um, last year. Of 2023. Um, yeah. Of 20, yeah. <laughs> um, Probably around the last time we recorded an episode yeah, exactly. <laughs> together. <laughs> um, there was a lot of talk about Jonah Hill and how he was handling things or how he had handled things with his um, ex-girlfriend. She ended up speaking about it very publicly and was sharing some ways that he had been communicating with her. Um, I think it was during their relationship, uh, maybe towards the end of their relationship. And he was trying to have some type of control over what she was posting. Um, even though she was a surfer, he didn't want her posting um, pictures in bikinis and he didn't want her surfing with um, people who are guys and he tried to frame this as these are just my boundaries <laughs> yikes yeah and we can have boundaries um, it's really important to have boundaries actually we talk about boundaries a lot but when it it comes out in a way that you're trying to control what somebody else does mm-hmm. um, that's manipulative because so, he was telling her not to post it instead of yeah. a boundary would be more like I can't follow you because it upsets me when I when I see it. Yeah. Exactly. And wild because he started, like, I think found her on Instagram yes. through these photos. And then now that he's with her, he's like, oh, I don't want other people to see you like this because, I don't know, X, Y, and Z, whatever feelings were coming up for him. Yeah, and that's so important is to recognize, like, you are going to get triggered by your partner, but it's, like, that's the opportunity to check in with yourself. Like, why are these feelings coming up with me? And if you're, you don't, it's not healthy to immediately think like, oh, I have this feeling. I need to control my partner's doing to control the feeling. That's not how yeah. it works. That's mm-hmm. not how, and that's not what a boundary is. And and I think what, it's definitely what upset so many people is that he was using the word boundary, which sounds really great. You know, like, oh, let's talk about boundaries, but using it incorrectly to control, which, yeah, to control or, or maybe to state a preference. Because if anything, it's a preference, right? Like, I don't like it when you do that, but when you, a boundary is what you're going to do, not what someone else is going to do. A boundary is your boundary. So this is something that I am doing for myself. So exactly like what Claudia said, like the boundary is like, well, I can't follow you on social media because that's something that he can, that's an action that he could take. <laughs> and control within himself instead within himself, of controlling right? his partner. And I mean, and it's an opportunity to like sit with yourself. Like, what is it about this that now I'm bothered by it? You know, like maybe it's mm-hmm. an opportunity to like grow in yourself. Um, or, you know, or just, you know, but it's okay to, you know, say like, this is a, this is makes me uncomfortable and then let your partner decide like what they're going to do with that information and have a conversation. But when you're saying, you know, this is what I need you to do, that's my boundary. That's not, 
that's not what the definition of a boundary is. A boundary is what you're going to do, not what someone else is going to do. It's your behavior because uh, we can't control other people. And so, uh, and that, yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it just, it bothers me because yeah. I, I, I like to, he, I know he had that movie uh, or documentary uh, that came out and it was all about mental health and, and all that kind of stuff. And so that it really bothered me that he used the term boundary because it, it, it does feel like you're kind of using like mental health speak and, and like healthy communication mm-hmm. speak, but then you're not actually not, and maybe it wasn't intentional, but it's definitely a learning experience then I guess for everyone else to recognize that that's not what a boundary is. And I'm glad that it happened in the sense that it allowed that conversation to occur mm-hmm. and people were able to talk about what a boundary actually is. And it's okay in relationships for people to make mistakes and say things that seem like it might be a boundary, but it should be able to be corrected. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's a really good point, too, because conflict is going to happen in a healthy relationship. Conflict happens in all relationships. Um, I feel like if there was never any conflict, maybe someone's not <laughs> being fully honest. You know, I feel like if two people are being honest, there's going to be conflict because you're not going to agree 100% of the time. But conflict, just like relationships, can exist on a spectrum of being, you know, healthy to unhealthy. And some things to think about, in, you know, in your own relationship and your ability to bring up conflict is if you even feel comfortable bringing up conflict, you should feel safe and comfortable. And something to reflect on is if you think about conflict in your own relationship and you're afraid to bring it up, um, that could be a red flag mm-hmm. that's indicating that y'all don't have very healthy conflict and that you don't feel safe disagreeing with your partner discussions need to remain respectful so maybe it's like a red flag that your past discussions have been harmful you know definitely don't want to have you know name calling or anything like that like you should feel listened to um but it's also a good opportunity to have your own triggers in check too like i said earlier about you know when something is coming up for you clearly it was in jonah hill's case if, if something is coming up for you that's an opportunity to sit with your own insecurities and triggers and figure out why before choosing to lash out at your partner because it's not their responsibility to control it's your responsibility to control your own feelings and emotions and what you do with them so like blaming your partner is very unhealthy and it may be an indicator for you to evaluate if this relationship is going to be working for you like this is this person wants to post pictures on instagram and that's totally okay because of my own stuff, that's uncomfortable for me. Do I still want to be in this relationship knowing that? Do I want to work on that inside of myself? Or do I want to move into another relationship where maybe it, that dynamic isn't happening? I think it's like you were talking about that it brings up opportunities for you to decide what's good for you and what you want to work on in yourself or what's okay for you and what's not okay for you personally outside of what the other person is doing for themselves. That's a good way to put it. Or something um, outside of this situation too, just thinking in like, you know, you live with somebody, like maybe they something they do is irritating you, right? Like sit with yourself for a minute and be like, why is this irritating me so much? Like maybe it's something that it's, you know, it's more about you. <laughs> 99% of the time, it's your own trigger, your own thing and not them. So I think that it is a, and then, and then decide if you want to have, you know, the conversation about it, you know, if there's conflict there and if there is a conversation to be had, do it in a respectful way. Because I think you are going to get irritated or triggered potentially in a relationship, but that's more about, that's an opportunity to check in with yourself than it is to just immediately like blame your partner. Because I do think that's just, that's going to happen. People, people in relation with each other are going to have things that trigger you, you know? (laughs) 
Which I guess to wrap up our conversation and talking about that, I think it's important for us to highlight that. And those are good reminders that uh, all relationships can have ups and downs. No relationship is 100% perfect or you don't have any conflict at all. But overall, relationships should be a positive thing in your life. They should be contributing something positive and healthy um, in your life. And it's also important for us to remember that relationships can be abusive even if there isn't physical violence. So just because a person isn't physically hurting you or harming you or making a threat to your physical safety, it doesn't mean that that is the only way that we can indicate that a relationship is unhealthy or abusive. Uh, And I feel like it's not surprising that that is what we believe sometimes as a society a lot of the time because that's what we see in the media or that's Mm -hmm. what we probably learn around us that a lot of times we don't always consider that just because the person doesn't physically harm you doesn't mean that the relationship isn't potentially unhealthy or abusive. You should always feel empowered to leave a relationship for something that feels like a better fit for you. So if some red flags are coming up either for abuse or just red flags, your own personal red flags of what you don't want for yourself, it's okay to leave that relationship that it doesn't have to just be abuse to be the only valid reason for you to leave a relationship. It's okay to honor yourself and what you want in your own boundaries that you set for yourself. Um, Remember that the relationship you have with yourself matters too, just as much as the relationship that you have with other people. Yeah, you should feel good about the relationship you're in. <laughs> yes, yeah. Which brings us to our prevention and action tip for this episode, which is to empower yourself and others to intervene, not only when you see physical abuse, but also when you see all forms of abuse, including emotional abuse. Uh, That saying, when you see something, say something, it doesn't just apply to physical violence. And by calling out all forms of abuse, we take another step towards ending violence in our communities. That brings us to the end of the episode. Um, So until next time, speak up, speak out, and be outspoken.